This is the Inside the Pylon Mock War Room Draft. Chuck Zada here as your host. And last couple picks off the board, in case you weren't following along to this point, Corey Coleman, the wide receiver from Baylor heading to Cincinnati, and Vernon Butler, the defensive tackle from Louisiana Tech, heading to Pittsburgh. But we now head out to the West Coast, the NFC West, to the Seattle Seahawks, uh, looking to bolster their team after a deep playoff run this year and looking to make uh, some additions heading into the 2016 season. And heading up the uh, the Seahawks here, we have Danny Kelly from FieldGoals.com. And Danny, a big thank you to uh, you for joining us, and I'd like to have you introduce your team to our listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chuck. Okay, so uh, I got a couple of guys that uh, Seahawks fans will know about. Um, my right-hand man over at Field Goals, Kenneth Arthur, he also writes for Rolling Stone and Sports on Earth. Uh, he is going to be my head coach. Um, and then he also is the co-host of a NFL draft uh, podcast with Rob Staten, who is going to be my offensive coordinator. Uh, Rob also runs Seahawks draft blog, which is a really, really popular um, year round blog here and in, in, it covers the Seahawks. And he, he's actually based out in the UK. Uh, and then my defensive coordinator is going to be Davis, who is a local celebrity around here for his salary cap analysis, but he's also a big draft Nick. And so um, he has a lot of experience studying guys in the draft. So that's my, that's my team right there. Outstanding. Well, you now have 15 minutes to make your selection for the Seahawks. You are officially on the clock. All right, well, let's just get this started. I'm going to talk to my head coach here first, Kenny, um, just to lay out kind of uh, after free agency where you think the team stands in terms of its major needs uh, based on gains and losses and kind of just where you think the Seahawks need to address, you know, the, where they have holes. Well, uh, yeah, thank you, Danny. You know, first of all, let me just say that as the head coach, I've been chosen for this position because I'm a natural born leader. People look up to me and I'm glad that everyone is here to look to me toward to be the guiding light. I don't want to spend a lot of this 15 minutes talking about myself and my leadership ability, <laughs> but you know, there is a certain amount of time that needs to be dedicated towards revering myself. Uh, I want to make the Seahawks great again. So, you know, I think that when I really look at myself being uh, a Pete Carroll, that what I, my philosophy from day one was on offense, we need to run the football. And with free agency, uh, our running game has taken, not, you can call it a huge hit or you can call it, you know, potentially even an improvement because there were problems on the offensive line and there were problems with Marshawn Lynch. But at the end of the day, there are some significant changes coming uh, towards how we will be able to, as the Seahawks run the football, uh, needing to refill the left tackle spot. If we need to refill that spot with Gary Gilliam, then we need to refill the right tackle spot. We need to refill the right guard spot. You know, with Garton Mark Lewinsky coming up there, uh, we, we've got a tentative starting center uh, and a tentative starting left guard, and Marshawn Lynch retired. And even though Thomas Rawls was already the heir apparent, uh, running back is going to be a need that needs to be fulfilled uh, probably in this draft. Uh, so on the offensive side of the ball, I'd say filling in uh, those offensive line spots in the first round is going to be the priority on offense. And if there's something that shows up on defense, uh, then it has to be something either a, an elite um, defensive tackle that can rush the passer, that can be a force in the middle as a defensive tackle or a pass rusher, outside linebacker uh, to come in from the Bruce Rubin spot uh, because it's such an important role, not only for us, 
um, but in the NFL as a whole. So that's sort of my thoughts. All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go over to my defensive coordinator, Davis. Um, knowing what you know, kind of who's off the board at this point, uh, give me a couple of guys that you really like for this pick and kind of talk about why you want to, why you want to go in that direction. Well, just from the defensive standpoint, you know, Coach Carroll, you've done an amazing job with our defense. And, you know, there's 11 starters, but really on defense, there's about 14 key players when you think about the rotational players uh, that you need on the defensive line and your nickel cornerback. So of the 14 players, uh, you know, Pete and John, you guys have done a wonderful job locking up 10 of those 14 players for the next two years. That would be Richard Sherman, Jeremy Lane, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, uh, K.J. Wright, Cliff Averill, and Michael Bennett. And um, you have another nickel rusher on the edge with Frank Clark. He spent a second-round pick despite all the hubbub of him last year, but obviously that was a vote of confidence in him. And then you locked up Atiba Rubin to be your base three-tech, to be my base (laughs) three-tech. So really it leaves four positions that have – players in them, but they don't have two-year lockdown answers. And those four positions would be nickel interior pass rusher alongside Michael Bennett, nickel cornerback, uh, nose tackle, and base Sam. And so nickel interior pass rusher, you have Jordan Hill, but he's only under contract for one more year, and last year he didn't perform that well. Nickel cornerback, you have Deshaun Shedd, who was a, a, a nice find, um, but he not sure that you're going to necessarily hand him the spot for the next two years. You do have him under contract for the next two years. Nose tackle, you have basically some bridges of Silver, Saliga, and A.J. Francis. That's obviously really important with Brandon Meebane. And the base, Sam, you have Mike Morgan and you have Cassius Marsh, but there's obviously opportunities there. But if you're going to spend the 26th pick on a part-time player, and Frank Clark is going to be an edge player, then I think you want to go with a nickel interior rusher because on the offensive side, you don't have a center or a right tackle uh, under control for more than one year. So those are full-time players that you're going to need. So I think unless it's a nickel interior pass rusher, I wouldn't spend the pick on defense. And the only one I would really go with would be John Bullard out of Florida, Mm-hmm. The reason why he's still on the board is because he doesn't have a true position for many NFL teams because he's too big to be an end in a 4-3, he's too small to be a tackle, and even though he could be a 3-4 defensive end, um, he's probably better as a one-gap player. So he's not going to necessarily fit a lot of teams, even though he was highly productive last year. He had 17.5 tackles for loss and 6.5 sacks, and he was the fourth-highest uh, combine tester on the defensive line, um, uh, 1.1 Sparks uh, Sigma. He basically has the athleticism. He's on the level of Robert Kemdichi and Sheldon Rankins, except Rankins is already off the board. He's considered the number one interior rusher, and Kemdichi has red flags. So I think if you're going to go defense, he's the only person I'd really pound the table for. If not, go get your offensive lineman. Speaking of that, thanks, Davis. Uh, speaking of that, Rob, I want to get your take on on offense. Here's the offensive coordinator. Who do you need to to succeed next year? Well, let's not you know overthink this too much. The, the team's identity is to run the ball, and it is to dominate in that regard. So, the one thing we haven't got right now is an offensive line that anybody has any great confidence in. And while 
the Seahawks do things very differently and probably don't put as much stock into great pass protection and stuff like that like a lot of other teams. They do want to run the ball really effectively. And I'm not sure that we can trust... You know, Gary Gilliam's moving over to the left tackle spot. We had Justin Britt, whose, whose performance was kind of middling to below average at left guard. We have Patrick Lewis, who is kind of a, you know, he's undersized. He, this was a guy who, who didn't start the year ahead of Drew Nowak, and he kind of came in because Nowak couldn't nail the job. We've got Glowinski, who's coming in at right guard, who I think a lot of people have confidence in because he's, he's very similar to J.R. Sweezy, but he's still a relative unknown. And then we have Jamarcus Webb, who was ranked amongst the worst performing um offensive lineman according to pro football focus last year so it's not a line that a lot of people have confidence in looking at the way that the board has gone so far i mean it's really inviting the seahawks to go for the offensive line so for me there are three guys we really need to look at uh, jack conklin's still there and what is the one thing we need to do we need to run the ball jack conklin is a perfect run blocking um offensive lineman he's a fan he's the best combo blocker in this draft. So he's going to take people out at the second level after a good initial punch of the line. He is gritty. He's a self-made man. He was a walk-on in Michigan State. And you kind of think, well, because he's a walk-on, he's not going to be really athletic. Then he goes to the combine and has a fantastic combine. Um, he had a five flat 40 at, at 6'6", 308 pounds. He's got great agility. His short shuttle was really, really good. It was one of the best amongst the offensive linemen. So this isn't a slouch. And he's got the length that we like. You know, he's six foot six. He's got 35-inch arms. Jack Conklin should probably be the guy that we take. But if you want a couple of alternatives then, um, Ryan Kelly's still on the board. Let's, If we want to consider the interior, I mean, Jack Conklin can probably play left guard or right tackle. He could, com he could compete at both positions. But if we want to look at the interior, then Ryan Kelly's still there. If you want to prioritize the interior, kind of like Carolina has done, then he could come in and build a relationship with Russell Wilson for at least the next five years with that center and that quarterback relationship there. And even though Kelly's kind of top heavy and kind of skinny in the legs, that's something we can work on we can work on his base because he's a really tough powerful again good run blocking center and then the other guy we need to look at is Jermaine Effetti just because he looks like the Hulk so if that's not a reason to take him then I don't know what is <laughs> I mean he's got the size he's got the length he's explosive because he's you know he's seen he had a 32.5 inch vertical his technique needs a lot of refinement but I mean who doesn't I mean this is this is the way that college offensive lines are going and his tape for me is a little bit better than some people will have you believe. He can play left guard at a pinch. He compares favorably to Kalichia Semele physically. You know, who wouldn't want that at, you know, $1.5 million instead of the $12 million that Oakland's giving us Semele? So, you know, you can maybe get a guy who can do that at left guard for the Seahawks. He can also compete with Webb at right tackle. You know, he's kind of a, a versatile guy. But with the way that the board's gone and the way that the Seahawks generally pick, I think it's, it's lending itself towards Jack Conklin. Six minutes remaining. All right. Well, first of all, I, I uh, definitely agree with all three hey, of you Danny, guys. I think, I think we should go with Jack Conklin, too, as the DC. <laughs> I just wanted <laughs> to put that in there. Yeah, well, I, I was going to actually open up a little bit of a roundtable. We've got six minutes, so we got a little bit of time to hash this out, but I'm going to cut it down to two players. I think it's going to, I think we need to go, uh, come down to Jonathan Bullard or Jack Conklin. So the question is, uh, in your guys' mind, is it more important, uh, you know, for the first pick, number 26 overall, to have a potentially really good interior pass rusher uh, or a every down, you know, right tackle uh, in your guys's mind, what's more important. I'm going to start with you, Kenny, just real quick. What, what do you think on that one? Well, first of all, let me say as the, uh, as the leader of this team, let me just first say that hearing <laughs> Rob's 
speak about offensive football, it's about time that somebody breaks the UK barrier among the <laughs> coaching ranks and we finally stop discriminating against people from the UK and say they can't coach in the NFL because I think that they can. Second I love all, you, Kenny. You know, I think John. <laughs> I think that Jonathan Bullard, you know, would be a fantastic interior pass rusher, a guy that can come in and fill a lot of roles and maybe two, three years down the line. Think of other players from Florida that have been targeted by the Seattle Seahawks and maybe they didn't get. Dominique Easley was reportedly a guy that they wanted before the Patriots took him and they traded back into the second round. You look at Dan Quinn, a guy that they was from the, the Florida uh, tree and then they brought him here. They like what's going on down there and I think that Bullard, if that is, there isn't an offensive line that they think can transcend and potentially start in 2016, and Bullard seems like a perfect guy to target in the round one. But nobody expected Jack Conklin to be here at this place. He can play three or four lines on, places on the offensive line. Jack Conklin, I would agree, is the pick here. All right. Well, since Davis has already basically told me to go ahead and pick Jack Conklin, I think that it's going to really help our fan base if we pick an offensive lineman here. I think it is the biggest hole on the team. And I think, like you said, uh, Kenny, you know, I don't know if we really expected Conklin to be available this late. Um, unless anyone's uh, speak now or hold your peace, I'm going to go ahead and make the call and, and go with offensive lineman, Jack Conklin. If we have a, if we have a minute or two left, I would just be curious what Davis and uh, Rob would have to say. If Jack Conklin, obviously we'd still be surprised if Conklin is available in April, but if the, if the next best tackle was available, say if it was a Jermaine Afraidy or if it was a uh, Jason Spriggs, would you take either of those players uh, over Bullard? Two minutes remaining. I wouldn't take Jason Spriggs over Bullard um, for sure. A Fetty and Bullard, I probably would go Bullard, and I'd be closer. I definitely wouldn't take Spriggs over Bullard personally. And, and for me, I would take, I would definitely take Bullard ahead of ahead of Jason Spriggs, but I would consider a Fetty or even Sean Coleman ahead of uh, ahead of Bullard. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. So, Chuck, I think I think we got our pick in. It's going to be Jack Conklin. Very good. With the twenty sixth pick in the inside the pylon mock war room draft, Jack Conklin, tackle from Michigan State, heading to Seattle. The Seahawks taking the young offensive lineman there. Danny, big thanks to you and your team for joining us. I know it is a busy time of year with the draft. Uh, Really appreciate you taking the time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. It was fun. There you have it, Jack Conklin, the offensive tackle from Michigan State, off the board at 26 to the Seattle Seahawks, bringing in Shane Alexander and Mark Schofield now as we do after every pick. Shane, want to start with you here. Looking at Conklin, talk to us about how he compares to the other tackles that we've seen drafted in the first round here. Yeah, I have uh, I have Conklin a little bit down on my board. Uh, I have him 36 overall on my big board. Um, but you either have players rated a little bit lower because you don't like them, or maybe you just like them more in context, and, and that's why now, I, I like Con- uh, Conklin more in context. I think this is a very good scheme fit. We talk a lot about players outperforming maybe what their expectations are if they go to a good situation schematically. And I think that fits right in line with this pick. Conklin, very athletic for a tackle, versatile as well. He can play left tackle or right tackle. And we know Seattle, really the biggest flaw in him getting back to the Super Bowl um, is that offensive line. So they can plug him in at either spot they're comfortable. He can be very uh, efficient in the run game. Um, 
Some people, I think, worry about him in pass protection, but he's getting picked 27th overall. You know, he's not going top 10. This is good value for Conklin. And uh, he's an upgrade for what they've had the last couple of years on that offensive line. And then after losing Russell Alcoon, they need to replace him. So this is good value. Uh, this is a good scheme fit. I think he's going to fit in well there uh, with offensive line coach Tom Cable. You mentioned that you have him uh, 36th, I believe, on your big board. This is widely referred to as a deep draft. How big of a drop-off drop off is there from, say, 26 on your board to 36? Are these, are these pretty closely ranked, or is there a decent gap there, actually? No, I think it's splitting hairs. There's probably 8 to 10 guys that you absolutely want to get if you're way up in the draft but I like this draft in the in the mid rounds in the in the late first second third round and it's really splitting hairs I think from about 40 to 60 guys uh, you're going to see teams maybe trading back into the second round because the value is, is very similar so if Conklin was available at this spot this is a good value pick and I actually like this value pick uh, more than I like Ronnie Stanley's pick uh, way up I believe it was to Chicago at 11. Mark, you've watched uh, probably some of Conklin during your time uh, looking at Connor Cook over the last year or so. What have you seen from a scheme perspective in terms of what, what stood out to you on film, even if you weren't directly looking at him? Well, I mean, he's one of those guys that when you're watching Connor Cook, you don't really see a lot of him because he's doing his job really well. I mean, he was a guy that you know protected Connor Cook's blind side for the past couple of seasons at Michigan State. He's a guy that you know was a leader on that team. Um, I really like this pick from the perspective of we're now here and you know, we just did this pick. We're recording this right now. We're hearing talk of him going top 10. Well, to get him a 26 for Seattle is a great pick. Shane talked about value. It's a great fit from a value perspective because now Seattle needed an offensive tackle. This was a team that could have gotten back to the Super Bowl had they had a better offensive line. They addressed this at 26 with a guy that some people are saying might go top 10, top 5. It's a great pick for those guys at Seattle. I really like what they did here. And now they've got somebody that can help protect Russell Wilson for the next couple of seasons like he did Connor Cook. Yeah, certainly a a, a big upgrade there. And obviously uh, the issues with Seattle's offensive line and the need they had there have been well-documented over the last here shane and mark a big thank you to both of you here tomorrow we're heading to green bay what are the packers gonna do make sure you tune in on the inside the pylon mock war room draft